You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Step onto the sexy streets of animal attraction that is New York City. Welcome to Pets in the City, Life in the Urban Jungle. Join host Diane West as she explores the exciting lives, loves, and laments of the people and pets in the world's greatest city. Pets in the City, like the city itself, has something for everyone. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So get ready to get dressed to the canines and take a bite out of the Big Apple with your Pets in the City host, Diane West. Hello, all you cyber cats, kittens, canines, and critters under all creation. This is Diane West coming at you once again from the greatest city in the world, New York City, with another episode of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. This interview I'm going to be doing today is actually quite a serious topic. It's about pit bulls and it's about their future in the city of New York. And I have someone who would know this subject inside and out who's going to explain everything to us from the ASPCA. We will be right back. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. This valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsadlife.org. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home. 
with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? Let me explain to you what's happening with the pit bull situation in New York here. Last spring, over 175,000 apartments got a letter either under their door or sent to them within the New York City Housing Authority projects uh, throughout the five boroughs of New York. And the notice said that they had until May 1st to get rid of any dog that was over 40 pounds and particularly they were not allowed to have Rottweilers, Doberman Pinchers or Pit Bulls. Um, as you can imagine, a lot of people were startled by this. They were confused by this. And a lot of agencies here in New York uh, that deal with animal welfare suddenly got flooded with calls from concerned people. What are we going to do? What does this mean? Um, the deadline was extended until January 31st. And as you know, lo and behold, January 31st is upon us. To give us a little bit of background about this very complex situation, I have on the phone with me Deborah Bresch, who is attorney and senior director of government of ASPCA. And Deborah, we've spoken before, so it's my pleasure to speak with you again to get a bit of an update on this. Good morning. Good morning. So what is happening? Well, um, the deadline has been extended till January 31st, meaning that uh, uh, currently dogs can be of any breed um, and can be up to 40 pounds. After January 31st, only dogs who are 25 pounds or under will be permitted, and uh, no pit bull, Rottweiler, or Doberman Pinscher, as you mentioned, pure breed or mixed breed, uh, will be permitted. Uh, pit bull really isn't a uh, breed; it's a you know a, a umbrella category. So all the do- all dogs who would be deemed pit bulls um, mm-hmm. uh, would be would be prohibited. So, like American bull terriers, things American like that. American Staffordshire terrier, sure. Although there is there's some excellent research that's been done that shows that there really is a uh, big disparity between visual identification of breed and genetic identification of breed. So, mm-hmm. I think this policy really raises the question as to how these dogs are going to be identified. In fact, it's a veterinarian who is supposed to certify the breed. And, uh, you know, we really question whether veterinarians are going to be willing to do this um, because it's such a sticky, it's so sticky. I think you hit the nail on the head with that word sticky. I mean, you have a lot of moving parts here. Um, so let me let me see if I could try to break it down for not, not only myself, but anyone who's listening. So I'm living in a New York City Housing Authority project, right? I have a dog that is a pit bull, pit bull mix. And obviously, because of the breed, they're over 40 pounds. Now, that, that, that actually is not necessarily true. I mean, a lot there are pit bulls actually can be quite quite small and under 40 40 pounds. Of course, they're not likely to be under 25 pounds. Right. So, okay, mine is big. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
and it's it's January thirty first. Now, what happens to me? What do I do? Well, actually, the pro- whatever problems you would have after January thirty first, you would have those problems now too, because even though the policy right now through January thirty first is breed neutral, only dogs who are forty pounds and under are are permitted. Um, that's the broad rule. We actually just put out a residence, uh, a revised resident rights memo to address some of the rights that a person might have to keep their dog independent, either now and after January 31st, independent of that broad rule regarding the weight limit and after January 31st, the breed. So, for instance, if your dog is a service dog, which, you know, most people, I think, tend to think of a service dog as, you know, helping someone who's blind or deaf. But, in fact, it can be an emotional support. The dog can be an emotional support animal. There's some excellent research that shows that dogs really, you know, can help with anxiety and depression, um, and that is accepted in, uh, in New York City. Um, and there is a method to, uh, um, to have one's dog certified as a, as a service dog. It's not, you know, it's not difficult. Um, one would need a, um, um, something from a uh, medical doctor that's showing that how the dog helps with that uh, disability. Or if, if, you've res- if your dog has resided in NYCHA housing since May of 2002, that would be um, a reason that your dog could, could remain in, uh, in NYCHA housing, and that's actually under a NYCHA rule. Um, another possible ground is that you've had your dog for at least six years. There's a statute of limitations that would prevent New York City Housing Authority from evicting you if you've had your dog, um, if your dog has resided in NYCHA housing for that length of time. And there, are may, there may, in fact, be other grounds. And we actually, in our residence rights memo, we actually encourage folks to contact an attorney that we are working with, and uh, you know, and perhaps we can help people through through this so that dogs don't have to be needlessly uh, given up. Now, this is something, thank you for going down the path of clarifying this. So when we spoke to the housing department, their contention was that at no time was anyone allowed to have a dog over 40 pounds. Is that correct? No. I mean, that's actually not true, and that's actually the, the rationale underlying the May 2002 exception. Okay. Um, there was a time when, when animals were not permitted at all in, okay. in NYCHA housing, and so a rule was established that if you had your dog in NYCHA housing, because, you know, and then, of course, the, the law changed, the federal law changed, saying that you were allowed to have pets. Right, um, right. So the rule that was, was instituted was that if, you've, if your pet has resided, if your dog has resided in NYCHA housing since May of 2002 or before, no, there would be no breed uh, limitation. And there, and, well, of course, actually, there's been no breed limitation up until now. So mm-hmm. that wasn't an issue. But there would be no weight issue. Okay. Um, so your dog could be any weight. And so I, I could have a St. Bernard. I could have uh, anybody. Yes. That is, yes, if the dog has resided since May of 2002 in NYCHA housing. And there have been quite a few people who have contacted us in that very situation. So, But now, after January 31st, if you wanted to bring a new dog into your house, yes. it has to be under 25 pounds. Or 20, and, well, 25 pounds or under, right. 25 pounds or under and cannot be specifically a Rottweiler, Dopamine Pincher, or as we were just discussing, some kind of pit bull mix. Right, or a mix of any of those dogs. Or a mix of any of those. Which actually also, you know, of course, 25 pounds. I mean, at that point, you know, you're not probably not going to find a mix, but, you know, certainly the 40-pound weight, you know. But at any, you're, yes, that's exactly, that, that, is, that is the rule. Yes, I mean, 
Because, I, I mean, I, I was talking to someone about this. I, I was like, you know, de facto, you, you are kind of putting a breed restriction because, you, you know, if you're, you know, not just Dobermans, Pitbulls, Rottweilers, what have you. I mean, if you're talking about dogs 25 pounds and under, I, I mean, you know, you're basically limited to, I don't know, I guess, Shih Tzus and maybe some small terriers and things like well, that. Right? Well, that's exactly right. And, in fact, we pointed out to them that, you know, this would encompass, um, this could encompass puggles, beagles, poodles, um, mini poodles. There are, yes, this would actually could encompass a range of dogs. And um, um, and I think, you know, I I think NYCHA would, you know, in in meetings, you know, I think they have implied that you know, I think that that the NYCHA tenants are pretty uniformly on board with this rule, and that has not been my experience um, mm. in with NYCHA tenants um, or tenant association presidents. So, how's the authority is telling you that they're fine, that the residents are fine with this rule, but you're hearing otherwise? Right. But okay. yes, we we are not hearing that. We are hearing. I mean, I think you know there is there are individuals who are afraid who are afraid of big dogs. But there are a lot of dog lovers living in NYCHA housing and mm-hmm. uh, who I think are distressed over this rule. Now, can you explain that to me? I, I just wonder when, you know, in, in all fairness, NYCHA housing and when, when just to clarify for listeners, NYCHA housing generally is going to encompass what people would consider projects. Well, but, low income and moderate income. They or are lo- yeah. Low income and moderate income, yep. I mean, people that are just, you know, really just working hard trying to, to get by. I mean, you know, they're not living in Chelsea in a penthouse or anything like that. Right, right. But, but you know, in, in fairness, some of the private buildings, a lot of them private buildings, also have this weight limitation of, you know, 25 pounds or what have you. What is the, I guess, what's the thinking behind the pound limitation? I mean, is it thought that the larger dog taxes the resources of, of the, the building? I'm not quite sure where that comes from. I think there um, there's a potentially a sanitation issue um, okay. uh, related to larger dogs. I'm not sure in, the, in whether that's the issue in private buildings. I, you know, maybe a density issue. Also, I guess perhaps this thought that some residents are going to be more afraid of larger dogs. I mean, the, the ASPCA's position is that neither breed nor weight is in any way related to temperament. It does not determine temperament. So, you know, and, and in fact, you know, larger dogs can be the quietest of dogs uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to small dogs. So, you know, we think, and, you know, and the fact is there are a lot of, there are landlords in New York who are not permitting these dogs, but there are a lot that do. I live in a building that's very mm-hmm. dog friendly. My mother does. And, you know, I think dogs and people have, are, you know, have shown to coexist peaceably um, in many buildings. And in fact, you know, the ASPCA adopts out and animal control adopt out animals to people living in very dense housing. And, um, you know, we're not getting negative feedback uh, so you know we don't we don't think that there's um, any evidentiary support for these kinds of rules. But you do. I mean, you do uh, raise a good point there. I mean, the perception of a pit bull is still, you know, uh, rather. Um, well, let's let's be honest. Let's say it's very negative. I mean, I was actually. Um, I have a colleague of mine who was living in a very very nice building down, um, you know, in the Battery Park area, and she had just adopted a pit bull and. Um, one of her neighbors, I guess, adopted a small, what I like to call frou-frou breed, although I love all dogs, but, you know, you know what I mean, a little cute sure. little thing. And, uh, yeah, she was, uh, shall we say, pressured to 
find somewhere else to live. Hmm. So, you know, in the projects, when we were talking with people for the New York Tales article about this, uh, as you know, a few months ago, a lot of people in the projects also said, look, they are scared of dogs as well. And, and they did say, sadly, there is an element there that does train them for fighting and uh, stuff like right. that. How, how do you handle stuff like that? Well, we think the rules that are all have already been promulgated by NYCHA management would address the situations. So it is a it is an evictable offense to have an aggressive dog um, in NYCHA housing right now. Certainly, dog fighting is a crime, both uh, you know under state law and federal law. I mean, so there would be other means to address these problems. And in fact, we think that these rules are a distraction from what really needs to be done. You know, the dogs who are coming into uh, into animal control are family dogs. I mean, you know, I've actually just a whole batch came in recently. They were relinquished by people, you know, just like it seemed like there was like two a day. And they were all mild and no concern. Um, well, and was that because of this this upcoming rule that they were being relinquished? They already, in some cases, were already well, potentially in violation of the rules because they were uh, over 40 pounds. Although in, you know, some of these cases, they might have been service dogs. They might have, there might have been another, other, there might have been other grounds for them to keep them. But I think feel, people feel pressured. They may they're not be afraid. aware of their rights. Well, they're afraid. They can't, they can't afford to lose their housing. And, and they're, you know, and they're scared. But these yeah. were family dogs that were coming through. They, you know, they, they behavior tests dogs in uh, at animal control and and the the results of their tests were wonderful these were outstanding dogs clearly love family pets these were not dogs who would otherwise have been evictable uh, as aggressive or having been used for fighting um, so you know it, it, we, they don't we don't think that they're actually NYCHA is actually addressing the core of the problem with this rule we think it's a distraction now, sadly, however, and, and, you know, I know you guys caught, ASPCA caught some flack for this with Oreo. Um, and just briefly, Oreo was a pit bull who was unfortunately severely abused in one of the projects. You took him in and eventually uh, he was deemed that for behavioral reasons, he, he was unable to be adopted. So, I mean, there are going to be probably more instances like that, no? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, our position, if, I'm, if I understand what you're asking, our, our position is that, you know, where a dog is too aggressive to live with people, where we, you know, the dog should not. I mean, we don't, um, you know, unless the dog can be, you know, rehabilitated, you know, away from any dangers that um, might be entailed by having the dog among around people. You know, we certainly, we're not advocating placing dangerous dogs with uh in, you know, with people, or and certainly not in dense housing housing situations. But again, you know, we do not believe that temperament. There is really no evidence to show that breed or weight is associated with with temperament. And so you can have, you know, many of and, and as I say, many of these dogs who are being relinquished by NYCHA residents are clearly just love family dogs, and they're afraid. Mm-hmm to lose their, their housing. These are dogs who should not be separated from their families. And, you know, and of course, when they come into animal control, not only are they losing a home, but they're possibly displacing another dog. There's a limited amount of space at the shelter, mm-hmm. and they're displacing mm-hmm. possibly another dog. If they are picked up by rescue, that's a slot in rescue that it can't be taken by another dog. So there are a lot of consequences for these dogs and for other animals, and then, of course, for the, the people who've lost them. 
I mean, it sounds like you, you guys, you know, forgive me if I'm, um, you know, mistaking this in, in my mind, but I'm, I'm trying to think. It's almost like you guys are having like this catch-22 pseudo-perfect storm of problems kind of brewing here because on the one hand, the shelters are full of pit bulls. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to be m- more so because, like you said, people are, are scared and, and relinquishing them even more. Then I know recently you guys got some mixed reviews because some, some chihuahuas who needed homes from California came in here that were in demand. But people, that, that's, those are the type of dogs that people will now be allowed to have because they're under 25 pounds. That's right. So, well, I mean, it, it, it just seems like there's like a perfect storm brewing here. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, we want dogs to find homes, and that's why, you know, and these chihuahuas would not have found homes out in California, and so we brought them, we brought them here where we felt... But, but, could, and the law is saying that they, you can have a chihuahua, but not a pit bull, at least if you live in NICA housing. Well, that is certainly, but that's certainly, yes, that is what the rule will essentially be in NYCHA housing. Uh-huh. We're not endorsing that. I mean, we simply mm-hmm. want, we simply are, we believe in life <laughs> and, sure. and, and want to ensure that dogs find homes. Um, and that was the r- un- rationale underlying bringing the chihuahuas here, but we're certainly not endorsing the NYCHA policy or any rule that discriminates against a dog based on breed or size. And, you know, we actually have this program called Meet Your Match where, you know, the people are matched to dogs. And actually, there's an equivalent program for cats um, based uh, on, you know, characteristics like, you know, is the dog social? Does the dog want to exercise? Those are the kinds of things that, you know, we think goes into a great relationship between a dog and or an animal and his or her person, you know, breed and, and size. I mean, those are those are things that people may want to consider in terms of their in terms of their lifestyle. But we certainly don't think breeder size is determinative of of temperament. And we'll be right back to explore this, as you can see, very complicated situation with pit bulls in New York City right after this. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the city will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, 
religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties, Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? And just to go back a little bit, what, what kind of numbers we're talking about. Last time you and I spoke, Deborah, I think you said between January and April of 2009, there were about 172 dogs adopted by people that lived in, in New York City Housing Authority apartments. Um, well, I, th- I think actually better better numbers to look at now because now the policy you know, the policy was in effect, and you know as of May, and then you know and then very and then I guess in in November they did extend it to January 31st. But you know I'm not sure uh, they actually did send out a letter, but I think there was some confusion. I think housing managers were actually still enforcing the policy, and I think people also you know they feel under the gun because if their dog right. actually you know exceeds 40 pounds anyway, then you know then they're still they're still in a pickle potentially. Again, we think you know there are grounds for people to keep their dogs even if the dogs are over 40 pounds so but I think the, the best numbers really at this point to look at are you know what is the fallout been now from the policy okay and, so tell us and you know at this point uh, well actually through December and I actually have seen a whole bunch more who've come in so this is just through December and uh, there were 171 dogs who were relinquished um, because of this policy because of the policy right we traced yeah. directly to the policy and of that those 171 dogs 59 dogs uh, have been killed. Well, They well. did not find homes. and uh, they, they were euthanized, in other words, because of lack of space or uh, temperament? Right, lack or? of space and time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lack of space and time, because they're just, you know, you run out of time. You know, yeah. more dogs are coming in. And uh, only 21 were adopted directly from the shelter. 64 were transferred to rescue. But again, those dogs who take space, you know, they, they get a space a spot in rescue, and it means another dog can't take that spot in rescue. There's a, there are a limited number of spots among rescue right. organizations. They're doing their best. But, you know, another thing that, you know, I think is worth pointing out is that that means 85 dogs have been adopted or transferred to rescue, which also raises the question regarding temperament, um, because clearly those dogs were, you know, rescues are not going to, you know, are rescues on on the whole going to take really dangerous dogs? I mean, I think there is a potentially a question about that whether they're going to be you know right, intentionally right. take a dangerous dog. So, and then twenty one were adopted. So, you know, if these dogs could actually you know be moved out of animal control, it raises a question as to whether they had to be given up in the first place by mm-hmm. their by their families for want of this rule here. Exactly. Well, well. So, I, I mean, is there any kind of like? I mean, you're you're a lawyer. I mean, you know, and you're, you're very savvy in terms of what what the government can and can't do. I mean, is there grounds for some kind of, I guess, a civil rights violation? I mean, just you know, to kind of pick out a particular group of people, you know, people that live in NICA housing, and this is what you can or cannot do. I mean, I mean, is there right. anything right. like that? Right. Well, the federal uh, rules actually regarding housing do permit some sort of restriction based on weight. 
They do. Um, they do. Right. I think, to be quite honest, I think there is a question regarding this policy and what would happen to the, the, the breed-specific aspects of the policy in court. Uh, New York courts have actually previously said in another context that you can't look at the breed of the dog as determinative right. of the dog's behavior. You actually have to look at the specific dog in front of you. And those are New York courts who have said that. So I think there is a question there regarding regarding that, the breed-specific aspect of it. Um, because in New York, there's supposedly, from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that you know, in New York, you're not allowed to have, you know, restrictions by, by breed. But when we were talking to the housing authority, they said that the NICA somehow falls through some kind of loophole because they're not a municipality, which I, I honestly didn't really get. But I, well, I their, posi- their position is the, the state law applies to municipal. There's a state dangerous dog law that says that local localities like, you know, New York City can't have, you know, they can regulate dangerous dogs, but they can't do it based on the breed of dog. And so they're, you know, and this is specific, this is explicitly in the state dangerous dog law. You know, NYCHA's position is that not only is NYCHA not a municipality, so this prohibition on breed-specific policies doesn't apply to them, but they're not an agent of a municipality. They're not but an aren't they located in New York? Well, they are located in New York, and I would say, and I would say that this this is something that has not been. This is their position, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, I'm not sure I agree with that um, mm-hmm. that position. Um, I'm think, depending on you as a lawyer to tell me how they get through that. One. Well, there is some, there's some case law that you know that that they're relying on on this issue as to whether NYCHA con- is constitutes an agent of New York City of um, and. You know, but you know, we we think that there's also evidence that they are conceivably an agent of New York City. But you know, what I will say is they are certainly a governmental entity. That yeah. is clear. And you know, we think that you know, at best, this is uh, this policy is certainly not consistent with the spirit of New York State law, mm. which says that you know that there should not be there should not be breed specific laws. And it's not consistent with with the case with judge made law, which says that you shouldn't judge a dog based on breed. You know, so um, but you know, but what we will also what I'll also say is that I think you know they were pleased that they extended the the term of the prior pet policy through January 31st. Mm-hmm. But we have expressed to NYCHA uh, the fact that we question the the way the revised policy was instituted in the first place. There are, there are very clear rules regarding how these policies, any significant change in policy has to be implemented, and it involves a lot of public outreach to their community and uh, public hearings and a public board meeting. None of that, none of that occurred. So we, we, our position is that just from a procedural perspective, uh, this policy, you know, is not, uh, not lawful. Now, January 31st comes. I have a dog that I'm not sure is or is not going to be affected. I, from what I read from one of the memos, they said at, at that point, NICA agents will start stepping up their enforcement. What does that mean? Well, I mean, we have already seen, you know, I think people, uh, my, my impression is that people are increasingly feeling pressure. And, and uh, you know, I'm... I'm I feel from like their I'm, landlords or... Uh, from their housing managers. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
my housing managers. And so I, you know, I'm, um, I'm increasingly, I feel like I'm getting more phone calls about, about dogs. You know, we're seeing sort of a city, city stream of dogs. I mean, that 171 number, the number of dogs who've been relinquished, that's what we've charted through December. But again, mm. you know, I would add, I might add 10 to 20 more since then mm. on that, on that figure. So, you know, and, and some, some people have actually reclaimed their dogs. Based, a few people have reclaimed their dogs based on, you know, the fact that they believe they have grounds to, to actually keep their dogs. You know, once we've, once we've talked, t- chatted about their rights, keep their dogs. So some dogs have been reclaimed, but quite a few dogs have been surrendered and, you know, left in the shelter since December. So, you know, I imagine that after January 31st where, you know, basically any, any dog who is over, over 25 pounds is going to be looked at. There's going to be a big divide now right, between right. permissible dogs and impermissible dogs, you know. How are you guys preparing for that? Uh, well, we're, we're discussing right now what, you know, what the next, what our next step should be. So I actually don't, I actually can't really say what we're, what we're doing at the, at, at the moment. I mean, w- right now what we're, you know, the, w- what we just did actually is release a, the, the revised residence rights memo, which gives, mm-hmm. provides in more detail what, how, what, how people might be able to keep their dogs, you know, now and after the January 31st deadline. And we have to explore other options. I mean, all right, so that's for the short term coming January 31st. Now, just, uh, I guess, to sum up and address the the longer term implications, I mean, again, it just sounds like this is really kind of causing a domino effect. You have larger dogs coming into the system. People are unable to adopt them because of housing restrictions or whatever, but they want the smaller dogs. We don't have smaller dogs. I mean, what are some of the plans to, to kind of address this in the long term? Well, it's a big problem. I mean, NYCHA is the largest landlord in New York City. And, uh, you know, and we are, we're certainly also concerned about how other landlords perceive this, this policy and whether there could be a domino effect in that way. We've estimated uh, that conservatively that about 600 dogs will no longer find homes um, because of this NYCHA policy. Uh, that they would have previously been adopted. And these are dogs who were behavior tested in the city shelters. They were, you know, they're sterilized by law prior to adoption. So people are just, these people who adopt these animals are looking for family pets. These are not, you know, they're not looking for dogs to fight. Uh, and um, that, you know, again, we, we conservatively estimate that about 600 dogs will no longer find homes because of the policy, but it really could be as high as a thousand, you know, thousand plus who are no longer finding homes. And you know, From January 31st until... What what right. what time period are you thinking? Well, I would actually right. I mean, January thirty first. Well, you know, indefinitely. I mean, right. You know, as okay. long as the policy is in place, you know, we think that this is going to hamper uh, significantly. Hamper. We're already we've already seen it. Dogs who previously were ado- could have been adopted out. I mean, that's what our numbers are based on. You know, when you and I last chatted, we were talking about the number of dogs. Right. Who were adopted out to NYCHA residents prior to um, uh, prior to the May first deadline, and mm-hmm. how you know a certain proportion of those dogs, um, you know, would no longer be permitted under this policy. And, right. I mean, and, and just for reference, let me see. So, last time we spoke, from between January and April of two thousand nine, I think you and I, you had told me a total of about one hundred seventy two dogs had been adopted. No, no, it wasn't from January. It was actually, it was actually, that was actually just in, in the in the in the weeks preceding the policy. It was in the weeks preceding, just, yeah, it was actually just it, that was actually just for April. Just April. for April. That was so April. April, there were 172 dogs 
adopted by NICA residents that by May 1st, 107 of those were no longer actually supposed to be there because of the new rules. That's right. Wow. Well, that's amazing. So, I, I mean, now let's just make sure we have the information out there for people who need to know it. Um, tell us how you could get a hold of the memo that you had issued. Uh, well, it's actually on the ASPCA uh, website. So, if you, I believe it's www.aspca.org backslash NYCHA. Um, okay. And they can find the both a press release and a uh, and the resident right, resident rights memo um, um, on that, or perhaps at least the resident rights memo on that on that page with some information from our press release, just telling folks you know how they can get their dog licensed, you know where they have to go for that, you know what forms they have to fill out, and uh, uh, in order to get their dogs registered. Okay, so we'll we'll definitely put that link up on the website here. And if I'm just kind of confused as to what all this means, I mean, can I give the ASPCA a call and, and someone will kind of walk me through that? Yeah, sure. Um, and they will, they'll probably, they may well put me, put them through to me. Okay. Um, yes, but they also, the um, the residence rights memo um, provides the name of an attorney that they can contact. And uh, if they, if they need help specifically with, uh, you know, a dog who is, you know, where they're, they're concerned about having to give up their dog. Uh, is the attorney working pro bono for these people or? No, he's been retained by the A, by the okay. ACCA. Okay, so I'm not going to be looking at, I don't know, how, how much money to, <laughs> to hire no, him. No, 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 no. And he may actually, you know, he's acting, serving as a clearinghouse at the moment, and he may actually, some of these cases are then put through to me, and then I'm handling some mm-hmm. some of them. So, but we we want folks to have a, uh, some place to go where they can get accurate information about about their dog, themse- their, their situation, so that they're not put in a position where they have to give up their dog needlessly. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Well, Deborah, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us this morning. Was there anything in particular um, for anyone that's just tuning in to, that you really want them to hear about this whole uh, scenario going on? Well, I would say that the ASPCA strongly opposes the NYCHA pet policy, revised pet policy, and we want folks to know who are living in NYCHA that they may well have grounds to keep their dogs. Um, and so we urge them to take a look at the residence rights memo, memo on the ASPCA website. Um, and, you know, if they have any questions, give us a call. Uh, we do not want people separated from their canine family members needlessly. Well, thank you very much, Deborah. I appreciate, you. again, uh, you taking the time this morning. Thank My you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that'll about do it for this episode of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio, uh, especially to you guys that do live in NICA housing or that you have friends and relatives that live in NICA housing. Please make sure that they they know this important information. January 31st is right around the corner. As Deborah said, you could get their information on their website, ASPCA website, on your rights, and we'll, we'll certainly post that on the Pet Life Radio, Pets in the City um, area. Now... I got to tell you, in February, like October, but February is like love, love, love your pet month in New York. It's even called I Love New York Pets Month. So there you go. The Mayor's Alliance for New York City Animals is going to be having even more adoption events and opportunities than usual in the month of February. And, of course, during February, we have at Madison Square Garden on Monday, February 15th and Tuesday, February 16th, the annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, which is always a lot of fun. That's the one where you get to see the best in show and uh, just see a lot of really cool breeds. I'm going to be stopping by there. 
So I'll see if I could get some cool people to talk to. There are other events going on. Let's see. We did uh, have a cat show, an agility show presented by um, my co-host Aidan Yeves and uh, myself, New York Tales Magazine at Animal Haven. And that was fantastic. It was so great that we're going to have another one hopefully in the spring sometime i will keep you posted definitely want to give a shout out to some of our sponsors from there bulldog gin uh world's best cat litter uh show cats tavi and friends and um olga from the grooming studio let's see you know i i might try out this yoga thing February 3rd at Bideway, it says you can, you and your dog get into shape. And trust me, I need to get into shape through yoga. And I've heard about this and I have not gotten there. I think I'm going to try and do that. So again, that's February 3rd, 7 p.m., yoga at Bideway. And that's uh, bideaway.org to find some more information about that. And you might find me in a borrowed bulldog there. But definitely look at the NewYorkTales.com website for many, many upcoming events, and that's www.newyorktales.com. And once again, I thank you for listening. Thank you, Mark, my producer, for doing a wonderful show. Thank you to all of our sponsors on Pet Life Radio for keeping us on the air. Shop them often. Shop them a lot. Keep us up here, and we will be talking to you soon. Take care. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.